And let's pray before we get into our text today. God, we pray, uh, God, that you continue to grow us in um, our ability to hear your voice. Uh, God, it's been good to see what you're doing in many of us and how, uh, God, there's been a lot of growth and neat things happening, and we just pray for more. Uh, God, that you would uh, continue to draw us close to you, that you continue to draw us deeper into your presence, and God, that you continue to teach us how to recognize your voice, uh, God, so that we might just follow you. And so, God, we know that you want to speak and that you do speak as we open your word. And so, uh, just in the quiet of our own hearts, God, we ask you that you might speak to us today. Amen. Amen. Well, hopefully uh, you've been uh, connecting with Jesus throughout the week and uh, making appointments with him so that you can set yourself up to hear God. I know many of you have been journaling, which is really great, one of the best and easiest ways for you to enter into hearing God's voice, and, and I hope that just continues to grow and uh, continues to work in us. Uh, we have been working through a series on hearing God, and, uh, and this is going to be not the last week of the series, but the last week for the Christmas break, because next, next week we want to focus in on a Christmas theme. Uh, but last week and this week are kind of a two-part series within the series, and we're talking about uh, how do we know it's him? Remember last week we talked about the sort of the four voices that we often hear in uh, our minds. And that is we can hear the voice of God. God often speaks into our thoughts and into our emotions. Uh, we can hear the voice of Satan and demons. Not every thought that we have is ours or God's. Uh, sometimes the thoughts we hear are actually the thoughts of Satan and demon. These evil thoughts, these harsh thoughts, these Thoughts that are unloving and thoughts that want to break relationship. And then we have our own thoughts and our emotions. And then in a sense, we have the voice of others. And not that we can actually hear them in our head, but sometimes the voice or peer pressure can be so strong, it's, it's as if we're hearing their voice. As we're thinking through something, we hear, you know, our, our mom speaking or we hear our boss in our head. And, and so we have these voices that we hear. And so we're talking about how do we know it's God? So I have this thought in my mind. Uh, there's this impression I feel, this, this urge to do something. Is this God? Is this Satan and demons? Is this me? Is this pressure from other people? How do we know if it's God or not? And that's what we've been talking about. And we looked at some things last week. And so just to review, we uh, mentioned that God's voice always agrees with Scripture. If you hear something in your head that doesn't line up with God's word, you, you can just dismiss it. It's one of the reasons why you need to know this book well is because the better you know this book, the better you can discern whether it's God's voice or not. We talked about how God's voice is loving, not condemning and demanding. His voice is always in line with his character. God is not like us, where we sometimes freak out and explode. God is always in line with his character. God is love. Uh, God is the fruit of the spirits. His voice is the fruit of the spirits. Love, joy, peace, patience. It's kind. And so if you hear condemning voices, demanding, angry voices, that's not God. Now, there are times when God may convict us or ask us to do difficult things, but he speaks as a loving father because he loves us. We are his kids. And we talk about how sometimes God's voice is radically different from our own voice. We get a thought that just comes out of nowhere. It's a, a thought that we just would not have ourselves. Uh, often that can be God speaking. 
On the other hand, sometimes God's voice echoes our own voice. That under the new covenant, under Jesus, when you follow Jesus, he gives you a new heart. He fills you with his Holy Spirit. You are born again. You are recreated in him. You are new so much so that God lives in you. And so often your thoughts are actually God's thoughts and God's thoughts are your thoughts. As it says, as Paul says, we actually have the mind of Christ. And sometimes our thoughts are so close to God's thought that we can't even tell the difference because our voice is echoing his voice because God lives us in us and we have the mind of Christ, as Paul says. And then we talked about how hearing God's voice takes practice. So we must be willing to step out and take risks. Uh, that, again, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that hearing God is not always an automatic thing. It's something that we have to learn. Just as when we're born into this world as babies, we need to learn to hear our parents' voice and understand the language of our parents. When we're born into Jesus, we need to learn the voice of our uh, God in heaven. And so it takes practice, so be willing to step out. If you sense God speaking, uh, step out and take a risk. This is how we learn. You don't learn to hear God's voice by just sitting there and saying, well, that might be God, might not be, so I'll just not do anything. Often it's when you're stepping out and taking risks that you learn when it is God or not. And this is the, the topic that I'll just bat every time we talk about this topic. And that is simply you recognize God's voice the more you connect with him. You recognize best the voice of your close friends. You recognize the voice best of those you love. And the more connected you are with God, and the more you are setting those appointments during the week and connecting with him, the more you're going to be able to learn to discern his voice out of all those voices because you recognize the one that you love. And you spent so much time with him that you just recognize his voice to a place where you're just like, I just, really, I, I just know that's God because you just know what his voice sounds like. Now today, we are going to talk on the topic of confirmation because we have all these voices that we can hear. Uh, sometimes we may hear something that's really risky. It may be something that is a big financial decision. It may be a move we have to make in our life. It may be something that affects our family, affects our church. A bigger decision that seems risky. When something is risky, it is good to look for confirmation. One of the ways we discern whether it's God's voice or not is the idea of confirmation. Now, if we're hearing something that's not super risky, that is kind of tame, uh, we don't really need confirmation. If, if you just feel that God is saying, hey, go pray for someone, go see someone, you know, do, go do something that, that's kind of safe, just go and do it. But if God is asking you to make a major life-changing decision, it is a really good idea to look for confirmation. Uh, I know of someone who whose parents at one time thought they heard the voice of God when it came to their business. And they made a business financial decision that went really, really bad. And it actually ruined them uh, for the rest of their lives. And, and this guy's still pretty bitter over this whole thing. But, I mean, there are times when we just kind of think it's God and we may step out too soon without confirmation. There are times that we just need to look for confirmation. God, is this you? Would you please confirm that this is you? And God is not against confirming his voice. Uh, some people think this is a lack of faith or think that if we ask God for confirmation, it is somehow, you know, not trusting God. No, God is good for confirmation. He loves to confirm his voice. And again, if it's something risky, the more risky it is, the more confirmation you have, the less risky it is, you don't need maybe any confirmation. So this is what we're going to talk 
about today. God is not against confirmation. We see this all throughout the scriptures. 1 John 4.1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Do not believe every thought that comes into your mind, but test them. Test the spirits. God is spirit. He can speak to you. But there's also Satan and demons that can speak to you. We are to test them. And one of the ways we test them is through confirmation. 1 Thessalonians 5. Do not scoff at prophecy. Now, prophecy is simply when, for instance, uh, if you sense that God is saying something to you for someone else, and you go up to them and you encourage them, or you have a word or a scripture, you give, the Bible says do not scoff at that. We, we should never scoff when someone comes up to us and says, you know, I believe God is saying this to you. We should always take that seriously. But it says, test everything that is said. I mean, I've had numerous people come up to me and give me words, and I love that. And some of them have just been so right on and, and confirmed by God. Um, but whenever someone gives me a word, I don't just automatically go and do what they say. I say, God, give me confirmation. Would you speak the same thing to me? Would you confirm that in some other way? We test it. We look for confirmation. 2 John 13 says, Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Jesus said things can be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And when we hear God speaking, it's really risky. It's a good idea to have that established by two or three witnesses. In other words, confirmation. We see Jesus does this himself. Mark 16. The disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Hebrews 2, God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. That God often confirms his word. He confirms his message. Sometimes it's confirmed through signs and wonders. And when God is speaking to us, he often will confirm it through a variety of ways that we're going to talk about in a moment. But God is still into this today. I mean, one of the, we don't see it as much in this Western world, but it happens quite a bit. But, I mean, you go to other places on this planet, this is super common. I mean, one of the reasons China has exploded in the number of Christians in the last 20 years is often because of uh, uh, native missionaries going into villages, uh, asking for people who are sick and hurting, praying for them. Uh, God is healing them. And... They are preaching the word and it's confirming that the word is true. God confirms his word and he'll often confirm what he is saying to us through some sort of confirmation. We see God doing this in the book of Exodus. When uh, God is calling Moses to uh, deliver his people out of Egypt. And it's a scary thing, it's a risky thing. And Moses says to God, what if they do not believe me? Or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Moses is saying, I need a little more confirmation that this is going to work. The Lord said to him, what is in your hand? Moses said, a staff. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. And I love this verse. Moses threw it on the ground and became a snake and he ran from it. Which <laughs> I probably would too, right? But God is confirming his word to Moses. I'm going to confirm it by this sign. And he goes and gives actually Moses more signs that, that this was truly from God. We see Jesus doing this in Luke 5. There is this paralyzed man in this building. And Jesus says to the paralyzed man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. 
But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? I will prove or I will confirm to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. He confirms that he could forgive sins through healing this paralyzed man. And so God is not against confirmation. Uh, perhaps one of the most famous stories about God confirming his word is that famous story found in Judges chapter 6, where God calls Gideon to rescue his people. The Midianites had come in and uh, taken over Israel, and so the Israelites were, in essence, slaves. They were in bondage to the Midianites. And, and God comes in and says to Gideon, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior, and you're going to help out. And Gideon's like, I'm not a mighty warrior, and he kind of freaks out. And then Gideon says this, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that this is really you talking to me. Have you ever been there? It's like, God, I, this might be you, but this might be me. This, I don't know, God, can you give me a sign that this is really you? Especially if it's risky. Gideon had the angel of the Lord, I mean, it was pretty, pretty, pretty sure. I mean, the angel of the Lord actually appeared to him and said, Gideon, I want you to rescue my people. But it's risky. He's going to risk his own life. If he fails and blows it, the Midianites could get more mad and kill more of his people. This is risky. So he says, give me a sign that this is really from you. And God doesn't get mad at him. God's like, what do you mean give me a sign? You just trust me when I say this the first time. You just got to trust. He doesn't get mad at all. In fact, <laughs> Gideon says this, please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. And so Gideon says, I'm going to bring an offering, because the angel of the Lord is there. Wait for me as a sign. And this was not like just going to the freezer and pulling out a chunk of meat and microwaving it and, and bringing it. This, this is like old school. To go find the goat in the field and do old school, you know, uh, uh, processing and, and, uh, and bring it. And so, but God says, the angel of the Lord says, I will wait. And God is loving. He's patient. Sometimes when we're just, God, I don't know if this is you. Can you give me a sign? He's patient with us. And he is patient here. And then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of his staff in, that was in his hand. Fire flared up from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. So that was, that's pretty good confirmation. I mean, he brings this meat and bread and, you know, starts a fire, and the angel of the Lord disappears. That should be pretty good confirmation. And you think God would say, okay, Gideon, that's enough. That's good confirmation. But it's not enough for Gideon. Uh, Gideon wants more confirmation. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel from my hand as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and, and uh, all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel uh, by my hand, as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. He asked again for confirmation, and God doesn't get mad at him. God's like, Gideon, it's a lack of faith. I burnt up your meat. That should be enough for you. You should just go. He's like, he gladly gives Gideon another confirmation. And still this isn't good enough for Gideon. 
Gideon said to God, because this is a really risky thing, uh, do not be angry with me. Let me just make one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time, take the fleece, uh, make the fleece dry, and let the ground be covered with dew. And that night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. Again, God does not get angry with Gideon. This is, confirm- this is the, like the third confirmation, and God doesn't get angry with him. And so Gideon said, this is enough. And so he gets an army of 32,000 men together. And God looks at this army and said, that's too many. All the glory is going to go to man. And, uh, and so God whittles the army down to 300 men. And they're getting ready to fight, just like an impossible battle. But note what God does next. Without Gideon even asking, God gives Gideon another confirmation. The fourth confirmation. And this was God's initiative. It wasn't Gideon asking. God did this. So God obviously was not angry with Gideon through doing this. Because God actually freely, on his own, gives Gideon another confirmation. And it says this. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon. This is like a dream. Sometimes God speaks to us through our dreams. Get up, go down against the camp, because I am going to give you into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura, and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp, so they snuck around the, the enemy camp and hid in the bushes. And Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. And so this is the, 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 the enemy. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of uh, Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. So God gives him another confirmation without even Gideon asking. When Gideon heard the dream and his interpretation, he bowed down and worshipped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. And so here we see a super risky thing. God confirming it again and again and again. The last confirmation Gideon didn't even ask for. And this is important when we feel God is asking us to do something really risky, a major life-changing ter- moment that we should be more sure than, you know, I kind of think that might be God, but I'm not sure. We should ask for confirmation. We should look for confirmation. We see a similar story in the book of Acts. This is another really risky thing that God spoke to Peter. And God did not just expect Peter to go off on his initial impression. God confirmed it again and again. This is Peter when he went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. Sounds like me in prayer. (laughs) And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. And a trance is like just a really vivid uh, vision. It almost seems like you're really there. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill, and eat. And so he's got this trance, and this blanket comes down, and there's all these kinds of animals on this, like unclean animals. In the Jewish culture, in the Old Testament law, actually, there were certain animals you couldn't eat. Uh, You couldn't eat pork, a lot of these animals we eat. You couldn't eat rabbit, you couldn't eat frog, you couldn't eat shrimp, you couldn't eat crab, or any kind of shellfish. These were unclean animals, and the Jews did not eat them. 
But here he sees this trance, this vision, the sheet is being let down, and he hears a voice, get up and eat these unclean animals. Now for Peter, this is crazy, because like, well, actually the Old Testament law says you can't, so, and so Peter says, surely not, Lord. Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. But here God confirms it again. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And this happened again the third time. Not just once, God confirms it. And immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Because for Peter, this was a radical shift in theology for him. And sometimes God will change our theology as we hear him. He will speak to us. But we need to make sure that is confirmed. And, and maybe Peter should have remembered what Jesus said in Mark 7. Jesus said, don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. That there was, in the transition between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, many of the Old Covenant laws that just had to deal with Israel at the time were no longer valid under the New Covenant. And so Jesus says, all foods are clean. And so he the sheet is coming down. God says, Peter, get up and you can eat these foods. They are now clean. But God's point was not really that. It was actually further than this. God's point is in this passage that all people are clean. This is what he's getting at. Because, and again, the Jewish culture in that day, they would never set foot into a Gentile's home. They would not use pottery made by non-Jews because they were unclean to them. And God <laughs> pours out his spirit and now God is saying, I want Jesus to be known by all people on this planet. There is no one, there's barriers. The barriers are gone. Male, female, slave, free, African-American, whatever color you are, Jesus wants to move into those people's lives. So he says to Peter, all foods are clean and all people are clean. In fact, God actually confirms this to Peter six times. Six times, because again, this is a really risky, life-changing moment for Peter. Six times, God repeats the vision a second time. He repeats the vision a third time. Right after he has the vision, there is circumstantial confirmation. Some people come up right after he's done the vision and say, uh, my master, who is a Gentile, just had an angel talk to him, and you need to come to his house. There's circumstantial confirmation. There's, there's angelic confirmation. When he gets there, the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles, and they speak in tongues. This is confirmation that the Holy Spirit's working in these people. And then later, there's confirmation from godly counsel. And so we see that God is not against confirmation. And if we hear God speaking something super risky or super challenging, super life-changing, then look for confirmation. Now what about, because there's a couple questions around this, what about Luke chapter 1? Because it seems in Luke chapter 1, and this is where we get to Christmas a little bit, because it's part of the Christmas story. Zechariah goes into the temple, and God speaks to him that his wife is going to have a baby. And his wife Elizabeth is way past childbearing age. They didn't have any kids. And God says to Zechariah, you and your wife are going to have a baby. And Zechariah asks the angel, how can I be sure of this? And it seems like he's asking for confirmation. God, how can I be sure of this? Is, is this really you? Can you confirm what you're saying? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. 
And now, see, God was not happy with this. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. And you say, well, that's kind of weird because a lot of times in the Bible, God gives confirmation freely and seems to like to do it. And here it seems like Zechariah is asking for a confirmation. And God says, well, because you, you did this, you're not going to be able to talk. So what's the deal with that? Well, I think the deal is what it says, on, says next. It's a heart issue. Because you did not believe my words, the angel says, which, come, which will come true at their appointed time. And here's a po- the point. There's a big difference between not trusting God and not trusting ourselves that we have heard correctly. There's a big difference between I, we hear God's voice and we say, I don't, I don't trust that that could ever happen. That's impossible. It's just, you just don't trust God. The difference between that and I think that's you, and if that is you, I'm totally game because I'm your servant and you're God. I will do it, but I, I just want to know if that's you. There's a big difference between. It's a heart issue. One is you're willing to obey, but you just want to make sure it's God. The other one is, I don't believe you. You can't do that. That is a problem. It's similar to what happened when people asked for a sign to Jesus. He, when they said, give us a sign, show us a sign and wonder that you're really the Messiah, these religious leaders. And, uh, and he answered, a wicked and adulterous generation ask for a sign. And some people use this to say you should never ask God for confirmation. Because if you ask for a sign, you're wicked. That's a lack of faith. But these people had hard hearts. These people weren't like, you know, I think you're the Messiah, but I'm just not sure. And if you are, I'm going to follow you. These were like, they had made up their mind. They wanted Jesus dead. They just didn't believe him. It's a hard issue. There's a big difference between God, I just don't believe you, and God, I just want to know if this is you or not, because if it is, I'm game, and I'm going to do it. And so we need to note that point. And so a few quick points here as we come to an end. Uh, Common ways that God confirms his voice, and we've seen lots. Uh, Be open to anything. I mean, God can confirm it in any way he chooses to confirm it to you. I mean, he uses a fleece, he uses angels, he uses all these things, but there tends to be uh, six more common ways and the first one is he's going to confirm his voice through scripture. We heard a testimony from Troy last week. Uh, God asked Troy to do something pretty risky, to pray for someone who's a little more risky to pray for. And, and, and uh, Troy said, I want some confirmation. And a Bible verse confirmed that he was to do it. Sometimes when you're praying through something, you might hear God's voice. God, is this really you? You'll be reading along and a Bible verse will jump out off the page to you and just grab you and confirm that this is what God is saying. Uh, I know when we were trying to plant this church and thinking about it, there was, uh, Marlene had a verse. Oh, and happy birthday, by the way, Marlene. <laughs> uh, Marlene had a verse about the valley. Remember the valley? It was confirming that, that God was in this. He'll confirm his voice through scripture. Uh, God confirms his voice through godly counsel. Uh, this is one of the reasons, we talked last week about the question, why doesn't God speak more clearly? And we said, for one, because it causes us to draw closer to him. Because when we're not sure, we need to get close to him so we know. Uh, Secondly, we said, because we're to live by faith and not by sight. Uh, But after service, uh, service, Darren mentioned that one of the other reasons is because we need each other. That none of you and me, we can't like hear God perfectly all on our own and just hide out individually and say, I hear God perfectly all the time. We need each other. God will often speak to you through other people using prophecy. Sometimes we need to go to people and say, I'm sensing God is speaking to this. Can, can you confirm this? What are you sensing? 
Uh, Proverbs 11 says, when there is no guidance, a nation falls, but there is success in the abundance of counselors. And so sometimes when you're looking for confirmation, it is good to ask, and I, and I put this purposely, godly counsel. People that you know are surrendered to Jesus, following Jesus, connecting with Jesus. You don't want to ask someone who's just like dabbling with Christianity or just kind of in and out and, and their heart's not really for Jesus because it's really hard to hear God when you're just dabbling with Christianity. You hear God when you just say, this is it and my life is, is for Jesus. And you don't want to ask God, you don't want to ask people, hey, what do you think about this? Ask them, what are you sensing from God? Because sometimes what I think about something is not what God is saying. And so I will go to godly people and say, hey, what are you sensing from God? Can you pray about this? Not, not what do you think about this. What are you sensing? So ask godly counsel. Uh, and they might come back and say the same thing you've been sensing. You're like, wow, that's, that's confirmation. On the other hand, and this happens sometimes, this is generally God will do it this way, but sometimes the voice will actually be different than the voice of other Christians. Especially different from the voice of people who aren't really in the Jesus thing and just kind of playing with it. And I need to point this because this is biblical. We see in Acts 20 that Paul was called by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. He actually says, I'm constrained by the Spirit. The Spirit is calling me to Jerusalem. He just knew this was God. But when in Acts 21, we, and includes, that includes Luke, the guy who actually wrote the book of Acts and the book of Luke, we and the people pleaded with Paul not to go. They didn't think God was in it. You can't go. You're going to die there. And, but Paul knew it was God, even though everyone around him says, I don't think that's a good idea. One of the most famous missionary stories of this last century, uh, Jackie uh, Pullinger, she felt a call into missions as a woman back when that was not as common. And she asked people in her church and in, in her family, so what do you think about me going into missions? They are all like, nope, it's a bad idea. Don't go. But she just knew God was calling her. She didn't know where, and, uh, and she felt she heard God's voice, and she stepped out in faith like we talked about last week. Sometimes you're not going to ever have 100% confirmation. A lot of times it's going to be risky. She took a risk. She got on a boat uh, that was going to various places, and every time the boat just went by a place, she'd pray, God, is this the place? No, no, no. She kept going, is this the place? And then finally when they came around Hong Kong, God, she felt God say, this is the place. And she gets off the boat in Hong Kong, and uh, I mean, difficult ministry, but she worked among the poorest people, the triad gangs, drug-addicted people, and she brought thousands to Christ. Many of them were healed uh, miraculously, just an incredible missionary story, but everybody else around her said, bad idea. So majority of the time, God's going to confirm it through other Christians, but just know there are times when God is speaking really powerfully to you and, and is going to confirm it in other ways, but it might fly differently than what others are thinking. Uh, God will confirm his voice through peace. This is super, super important. John 16, I have told you these things, and Jesus tells us things, so that in me you may have peace. When God speaks, you're going to have peace. Uh, John, Second uh, Thessalonians, say, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. So if you feel God is speaking to you and you're not at peace with it, peace at all times and in every way. And this verse is super important, James 3. 
This is one of the verses that will just help you discern whether it's God or not. Because God always speaks in line with his character. Remember? The wisdom from above, that's wisdom, that's the voice of God, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle. Again, it's not demanding and condemning. It's gentle. His voice is accommodating. His voice is full of mercy and truth. That's how we know it's God. Because he sends peace. His voice is full of fruit that is gentle. It's a loving Father speaking to us. Again, condemning words, words that are not in line with the fruit of the Spirit. That's just not God. Now, this doesn't mean God's going to always ask us to do easy things. <laughs> I mean, I've had times where God has asked me to do things I just did not want to do. But you just have this peace about it. You just know it's the right thing to do. You just know that God is in this, even though your flesh is like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to see this person. I don't want to talk to that person or whatever it might be. But there's this peace. If you don't have peace about what God is saying to you, I would be really careful about making any big decisions. Look for confirmation. One of those confirmations is peace. And the last two is God confirms his voice through repetition. Peter receives the vision. He receives it second time, third time. Sometimes you know it's God whenever you are praying and the same thought comes to mind. I mean, just this week, uh, because I pray for a lot of you people here throughout the week, there's one uh, person I was praying for every single day this week, and every time I prayed for them, this Bible verse just clearly popped into my mind, every time. And I knew after the, the fourth time that I better share this verse with them, and so I shared the verse with, with that person, that, that God was placing this on every time through repetition. And so there may be the same mental picture, maybe the same image, maybe the same word, maybe the same Bible verse that is just re 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 repeated to you and you have peace about it. That's a really good sign that God is definitely in it. And then he can confirm his voice through circumstances, as he did with Peter. These people show up right after he has this vision. It's like, that is supernatural. And sometimes you'll just feel God calling you somewhere. He'll be calling you to do something. And just the, the doors open up, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Now, sometimes Satan is in there closing doors, too, and making it difficult. But circumstances can confirm it's God's, God's voice. And so uh, just one way to kind of evaluate the voice you heard, and, and we'll finish with this. This is one way I do it. And uh, you can do it your own way, but I always write it down. Again, journaling, as we taught a few weeks ago, is one of the most helpful things in hearing God's voice. But write down what you sense God is saying. And then just ponder, ask this question. Does this line up with Scripture? If it lines up with Scripture, uh, is this in line with God's character and His kingdom? Is this peaceable? Is this the fruit of the Spirit? Is, is, this, is this kingdom? Is, does this, this seem like it's God? Uh, what will happen if I follow this voice? It's super important. Will it draw people closer to relationship or break relationship? Will it bring me closer to Jesus or farther from Jesus? Is it going to be more helpful to the kingdom, less helpful? If I do this, where is this going to play out? How is this going to play out if I follow this voice? Do I have peace about this? And these are in your handout, by the way, uh, that was in your bulletin. Uh, is there anything more you want me to say about this, Jesus? And I might come back the next day and say, Jesus, I felt this. You said this to me yesterday. Is there anything more you want to say about this? And I'll just wait. And when I feel those thoughts coming in, as we talked about journaling, I'll just start to write them down. And then maybe if it, uh, even you want confirmation, you can spend time in worship and connection and check again. Because sometimes when you're running throughout your day and your mind is scattered and it's kind of hard to, to sense what God is saying as much as when you're just in worship and connecting with Him. So make an appointment, connect with Jesus, and just ask again uh, about what He is saying. And then maybe you want to check in with other godly 
followers of Jesus and ask what they're sensing and just ask for confirmation. Again, you are never going to have 100% confirmation. There's always going to be risk involved. I mean, remember the story last week about that girl standing in her head in 7-Eleven and bringing that lady to the Lord? I mean, that's risky and there was no confirmation. Sometimes you just got to step out and risk. But if it's going to affect a major decision, again, or you're just not really not sure, God is good for confirmation. And so uh, be willing to explore that in your life. I'm going to invite the worship team up. And uh, we're going to enter into our ministry time. If you need prayer for any reason, um, there's going to be people over there willing to pray for you. Uh, maybe God is just tugging on your heart and you don't even know why you need prayer, but God is just saying you need prayer. Uh, go up there and maybe God will speak at that moment. If you have any needs over Christmas or needs in your life, your family, the prayer will be uh, over there. Uh, we're going to be doing two more songs, and so you're welcome to stay and worship and celebrate. If you just need fellowship with other people, you can head out into the coffee bar. We're going to close the service by celebrating the one who means everything to us, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's stand together.